welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Well, I was seeking the Lord all this week about what should happen in this service. And I got a message ready. I got prepared. And I was praying this morning. And I just couldn't get past communion. I just couldn't get past the blood of Jesus. So I think we're going to take the rest of service today. And we're just going to praise him for his blood. I'm going to preach a little bit on the blood. And we're going to take communion today. Because there is power in communion. There is power in what he did on the cross. There is power in his resurrection. And I think we need power today. As much as I prepared and I, I sought the Lord on a message of, of favor today, I just couldn't get past communion. And I'm going to do what the Lord said to do today. So I think we should just keep singing this song for a little bit. And I, I just keep hearing, there is power in the blood. So much power in the blood. There is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Say, there is healing in the blood. 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 There's power. There is power in the blood. 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 Is there power in his blood? There is power in his blood. There is power in there's healing. There is healing in his blood. 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 Oh, if you need healing today, reach out and take it. In his blood. There is healing. There's power. There is power in the blood. 
Satan, you tried to stop me from coming up here today. You tried to keep me with anxiety and depression and nervousness. Well, I'm telling you today that I am up here and there's nothing that you can do to stop me from preaching. There is nothing you can do to stop me from fulfilling my purpose. There is nothing you can do to hinder what God wants to do in my life and in your life. Nothing. He can't do nothing to stop you. He can't do nothing to stop you. We need to stop acting like wimpy victims because we are not wimpy victims. We are not. You are not. I am not. And I'm tired of him dealing with me in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. I am free by the love of Jesus. I am free by the blood of Jesus. And actually, just so you guys know, I have a wallpaper on my phone. I know you guys can't see it, but just want to show you that it's there and I'm not making this up. It says the devil can't defeat you. And when I open my phone, the thing that I open more up than anything else, it reminds me that doesn't matter what he tried to do to me today, what he'll try to do to me today, he can't defeat me. He can't defeat me, and he cannot defeat you. He cannot. And I'm here to tell you today to stop allowing him in your mind thinking that he can defeat you. I'm here to tell you that it's a lie. It's a lie. I hope you don't mind standing a little longer today. Because something else the Lord said is, you know, we hear a lot of great word in this church. We have more word than... I would argue in a lot of other churches in the world. We hear the word all the time, right? Part of a great camp. And he said, but I think we need to praise him a little bit more for the word that's come forth. Our, I don't know if it was Kenneth Hagin or, or who, pastor can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, somebody was praying for healing and they were saying that, and God answered them and, and said, you know, your praise weight needs to come up with your word weight, how much you've been receiving the word. So we receive the word. I mean, we have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have church, we have so many avenues to hear the word, but are we worshiping the word? Because the word was made flesh and his name is Jesus. And you know what worship is? Worship is thanking him for everything he's done. Isn't he worthy to be thanked? Isn't he worthy to be praised? Oh, come on, church. You're still here today. You're still here today. You're still here today. I feel like that's a lot to be thankful for. You know, I was, I was preaching in youth group a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving because we just had a holiday called Thanksgiving. And I called it the attitude of gratitude, and I've preached it in healing school before, too. And I said, you know, we need to be thankful for more than just a day. We need to be thankful every day for what he's done. Paul said, "With in everything, give thanks. In everything in bad situations, in good situations, when you don't get the job, when you do get the job, when the healing's taking a little longer than the last one took, when you get an instant healing, in everything, give thanks. Because when you give thanks, there is nothing the devil can do to stop you. When you have an attitude of gratitude, 
you are immovable to anything he tries to throw your way. Why? Because you're always thankful. You're always going to find the good in what's going on. You always see the good because God will turn anything around for your good. Because I'm looking at a lot of people who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Are you receiving this today? I'm here to tell you you're going to win. And I'm not here to tell you you already won. You already won. You already won. Whew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Oh, we thank you for the blood. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the singing about the blood. Well, I'm here to tell you it's because of the blood that you're in this place today. It's because of the blood that you're able to be here today. All right, well, I got I got you guys can keep playing, but you guys can sit down if you want. I got a few, I got a few things to say about the blood. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Got a few things to say about it. You guys got time for it? 
I want them to keep playing because we're supposed to worship today, so I don't want it, I don't want it to stop. So um, Genesis 3, verse 1. We probably should talk about why we need the blood. Has anybody ever wondered that? Why you need the blood? Why blood? That seems um, excessive. That seems like, wow, never really thought about why Jesus had to die. Huh. So Genesis 3.1, we're going to go back to the beginning. Say the beginning. Okay, Genesis 3.1, it says, um, well, I was there. Ah. All right, 3.1. Now the serpent was more cunning, and I'm going to do New King James. It was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor you shall touch it, lest you die. So real quick, the serpent is Satan. Serpent is Satan. And he's more cunning than any beast of the field. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. That's a lie. <laughs> what did God say? That you would surely die, right? He said, so this is the reason why God said it. This is what I'm telling you why God said it. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes would be open and that you'd be like God knowing good and evil. Somebody say lie. Let me tell you the truth. They were already like God. Their absence of knowing what evil was did not make them any less godly. Does that make sense? They weren't going to become more godly by knowing evil. In fact, the opposite was going to happen. Them knowing evil would result in them becoming very, 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 very less godly. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. <laughs> and she gave also to her husband with her and ate. He said nothing. He said nothing. Like we always blame the woman, you know. I think it's easy for a guy to be like, oh, the woman got us in this mess. You didn't even say anything. And you just ate it. You were right there with it. Come on now. Seven, then the eyes of both of them were opened and, and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So now they're, they've sinned. And what does that mean? They disobeyed what God said not to do. Man, they had everything. And the only thing they didn't have to do was eat of that tree. That's it. I don't know about you, but I think I could have done a little bit better in that situation. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. They were perfect. But I want to uh, jump down to uh, um, verse 14. So now the Lord obviously knew about it. It's not like he just found out about it. He knew about it. And he said some things to the, the man, said some things to the woman. Um, but I want to see tell you what he says to the serpent. And in verse 14, he says, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. It's a capital S. And he shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. I like another translation. It says, you, he shall crush your head, 
but you'll just bruise his heel. Now did, now, did Satan bruise his heel? Did, did Satan inflict pain on Jesus? Yeah, yeah, he did. But he crushed his head. He crushed it. Like, if you crush the head of something, it's dead. Like, there's no coming back from that. Unless God, like, wanted to, like, do some resurrection stuff. But when you crush the head of something, it's done. He's done. He's defeated. He's done because of the blood. Amen? So here's the thing that we have to recognize. This isn't a power struggle between God and Satan. The way Hollywood puts it, it seems like it's a big power struggle, right? Or have you seen the picture? It's like Jesus and Satan arm wrestling. It's like, oh, who's going to (laughs) win? See, he already tried overthrowing him with power, and he got thrown down like lightning. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning to the earth. Anybody ever seen lightning? It's fast. It's really fast. So that means he blinked and he was in heaven. And then the next moment he was here on earth. Wasn't much of a power struggle. So here's the thing. Satan knew he couldn't overpower God. So he had to take God on through a legal battle. Through a legal battle. He said, if I can't outpower God, I'm going to try to outsmart God. That's why there needs to be blood. Because it's not a power struggle between good and evil. It's a legal battle between good and evil. Because Satan knew no matter how powerful God is, he will not overturn his word. He will not overturn this word. So I need to be able to catch him with his own words. Now, he's pretty stupid, and he should have known that uh, God already had a plan for what was going to happen before Satan even came up with what he was going to do about it. (laughs) It's like, really? Like, God already knew a solution to the problem you were going to create before you decided to create the problem. Amen? All right, so just to to confirm, Hebrews 9.22 in the New King James, it says, um, and according to the law, say according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Hebrews 9.22 says that. And then it goes on to say, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. None. So because it's according to the law, because it's a legal battle, the only way to undo what was done back in the garden is, be, is through blood. Does that make sense? You following along? That is why there had to be shedding of blood. It's because that's the only thing that could take away sin from, our, from ourselves. The stain of sin, the shame of sin. That was the only way to buy us back from what the enemy had done. Okay? Romans 4.1 says, you don't have to turn there, but it says that we have been justified by our faith. Justified. Another legal term. Been justified. How have you been made justified? By faith in the blood. By faith in Jesus. That's how you've been justified. All right, so four things that the blood does for you. Ready? 
Number one, the blood redeems you. The blood redeems you. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now, that, what we've learned with our favor series when I've been up here is grace can also be translated favor in the New Testament because it's the same word. So really, we're still talking about favor today. And we're talking about the ultimate price that was paid for favor. And it actually came because of his favor towards us. That's what it says right here, according to the riches of his favor. So number one, it redeems you. So what does redeem mean? We say that word a lot. What does redeem mean? It means to be purchased for a price. So for example, um, I gave Rachel a gift card to Maurice's for her birthday. And on that card, it had money. That'd be bad if it didn't have money on it. I just took a gift card and it had zero dollars on it. But it had money on it. <laughs> that would have been bad. I would have gotten slapped for that one. <laughs> I'd have to plead the blood on that one. But it had money on it. And I gave her the card. So what happened? She went and tried on clothes, got what she wanted. And she paid for it with this card. She purchased the jeans, whatever she got, with the gift card. She redeemed the clothing with the card. And that's what Jesus did for you. He redeemed you with his life. The payment was a spotless, sinless lamb. And the only one capable of being that is God himself. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah? Amen? It's not so you can buy whatever you want and, and you can buy other people gifts and all that. Yes, that's great. That's wonderful. But it's because of him. It's because of that baby that was born in a manger and swaddling clothes. I mean, think about that. In a manger, that's a yucky situation. That's a messy situation. But he was born in a manger to declare to you that I will go right where you're at. The mess that you've created, I'm going to go right in there and I'll redeem you from your mess. Nothing is too ugly for God. Nothing is too ugly for Jesus. I mean, he was born in a place that had um, donkey feces all over the place. That's pretty dirty, right? Doesn't matter how dirty your life is or how dirty you think your life is. He wants to invade that messiness. Amen? All right, number two, number two. The blood reconciles you. The blood reconciles you. Colossians 1.20. And I, I didn't give the projection any of these scriptures, so have mercy on them, all right? Colossians 1.20. New King James says, and by him, and he's talking about Jesus, Paul's talking about Jesus, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Number two, the blood reconciles you. Again, another word we use in church is like, well, what does reconcile mean? It means he restored our relationship with him. What was lost with Adam and Eve was gained back with what Jesus did. He reconciled, he redeemed the relationship back to himself. He restored our right standing with him. Woo! 
Praise God. Are you thankful for the blood? You thankful for the blood? All right, number three. Number three. The blood heals you of anything that would try to attack your body or soul. The blood heals you of anything that would try to attack your body and your soul. First Peter 2.24, we go to it all the time. It says, who he himself bore our sins on, with his own body on a tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Woo! Amen. Man, it just keeps getting better and better and better and better and better. It almost seems like the deal that's too good to believe, but it's not. That's how much he loves you. That's how much his favor is. That's how big his favor is. That's how much he wants to bestow his favor upon your life. That he just keeps, and it's in his nature. If anything, God would be guilty of is that he gives too much. (laughs) He's just going to keep giving. He's just going to keep giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. Amen? The question is, are you receiving what he's giving? The only person that put a, can put a block on the blessings of God coming into your life is you. I already said, I made it pretty clear earlier, Satan can't do it. Satan cannot stop the flow of favor into your life. Amen? All right, number four, 1 John 1.7. 1 John 1.7. Not 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.7. New King James. Number four, the blood well, let's just, let's just read it. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood, somebody say the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So now, now there's a lot more than four, but I just got four because I only had limited time this morning. Four, the blood of Jesus cleanses you of all sin you didn't commit if you're doing your best to walk in the light. So if you're walking in the light, you're doing everything you know to do, and maybe you sinned and you didn't know it, the blood of Jesus automatically covers it. You don't have to be afraid like, oh my gosh, did I make, did I miss it? Did I mess up here? Did I do that? Did I do this? Stop, 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 stop. Satan's trying to get you in fear. He's trying to get you in anxiety. Now, if you did mess up, that's where 1 John 1, 9 comes in. If you know you messed up, you'd be like, God, I confess what I did was wrong. Forgive me. I repent. But guess what? If you didn't know you messed up and you're doing your best that you know how to live in this life, the blood of Jesus covers all those sins. Whoo! Whoo! Because a lot of times Satan will try to bring that up to you, you know? Like, oh my gosh, you did this and you did that and you're like, I don't remember doing this or that. Or I, I, I don't just say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Maybe I did do it, Satan, but I didn't know at the time that I was doing something wrong. I was doing my best to walk in the light. I plead the blood. Forgiven. Forgiven. Amen. Are you thankful for the blood? So I was just four things I came up. And I think a lot of our answers to prayers or whatever it may be, I think it's found in the blood. There's a lot more in the Bible that has to do with the blood. I strongly suggest you look into it yourself. 
Amen? Everything you need is found in what he did on Calvary 2,000 years ago. When he was beaten, when he was bruised, when he was mocked, when he was crucified on a tree, everything was purchased for you that day. I say let's just do our part and let's receive it. Amen? Jesus is the reason for the season. He's the reason for the season. And the reason he came was for you. (sighs) Loved you so much. Maybe I'll get to what I was going to preach on today. But it it, it was talking about how God has given us divine approval. So maybe next time I'll preach it. But just a little snippet is, you are approved by God. You are accepted, like Pastor said, by the Most High God. Whoo! The guy Satan thought he could overpower. (laughs) Nah, nah, nothing. Nothing is greater than him. No sin, no, whatever in your life that feels bigger, it feels so big. Has anybody ever gone through something? It just seems so big, the guilt, the shame, or, or the sin, or the sickness, or the whatever it is, it just feels so big, right? See, that's his tactic, is to make you feel like that's bigger than your God. Because that's the only, if he can get you to start believing what you're feeling, that's how he gets you. But just because that's what you're feeling, that doesn't mean it's truth. And we have to do our part to renew our mind to what the word says. Amen? Mm. Man. There's power in his blood. There's power for you in his blood. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, this year has been kind of tough for for me, for our family. We've had gone through things. People have passed away. Tasia hasn't passed away. Praise God. She's, she's doing good. So I don't, I just want to make that clear. Tasia's doing great. But, um, other family members, both me and Rachel have had to go to funerals for because they got sick and died of a stupid virus called COVID. And you know what? As pastors said before, COVID is dead in Jesus name. And I just purpose to walk with power and favor and anointing to help people because COVID's not bigger than God. Have you noticed everything I've been saying about the devil he's trying to do with COVID? How I said he tries to magnify the problem to bring fear. What's he been doing with it the whole time? He's been trying to magnify it through, through people you're talking to, through the news, through whatever it is. He's trying to make it big, 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 big. Because if he can get you to see that that is bigger than God, he has you. I'm here to declare to you today that God is bigger than any disease, any sickness, any sort of shame, any sort of guilt, any sort of mental oppression that you may be facing. God is bigger. Say, God is bigger. Say, God is bigger. Say, God is bigger. One more time. God is bigger. Amen? God is bigger. And guess what? You're going to have to say it more than those four times that we just said it now. You're going to have to say it this afternoon. You're going to have to say it tomorrow. You might have to say it in the middle of the night this week. Because guess what? Satan's going to come to you when you least want him to come around, when you least expect it. But like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what his big punch is. Just hit him back with the bigger punch. Hit him back with the blood. 
Hit him back with everything that the word says was purchased to you by his blood. Amen? God is bigger. Jesus is bigger. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is Lord. Satan might be the God of this world, but we already know what (laughs) the ending of his story is. And if he likes to remind you about the end of your story, oh, you're going to die too soon, or you're going to die of this, you're going to do that, just remind him of what's going to happen to him. Be like, hey, devil, let's take a seat here. Let's, let's just say, hypothetically, you succeed in taking me out of this earth before I'm supposed to go. Let's just say that. Let's just say that, hypothetically. I still win. I still win. Did you know for a Christian, he can never defeat you? Because what does Paul say? To depart and be, recri- and be with Christ is what? Far better. Somebody say, far better. Even if he takes you out, like Pastor Lex says, a meteor hits the earth or whatever, to be with Christ is far better, far better. But until then, I say we occupy and just keep punching him in the face with the blood. Just keep pwning him. Sorry, I might might have to, I got to rein back a little bit. I'm just getting feisty. Because like I said, I am sick of him running over the church. I am sick of him seeing um, other people's lives being run over by him because he's not as big as he says he is. He's not as big as he says he is. Only when we yield to what he's telling us is he bigger than, than what he actually is. Does that make sense? Only if you yield to it and you start saying it, thinking about it all the time, actions going towards that. No, 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 no. Focus on what the word says. Focus on what the blood did for you. Focus on what Jesus did for you. Because Jesus is bigger. Jesus is bigger. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen, Patsy? Greater is he. Say greater. Greater. Greater, 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 greater. 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 You're getting it, Riley. Greater. Oh, what a, oh gosh. Reese, sorry. Reese. <laughs> I have a fun, okay, time out. I have a funny story about that. Uh, no, I'm not going to, should I say it, Lord? Yeah, no, no. Let's just say I accidentally called somebody a previous girlfriend of another uh, last week, and um, that didn't go very good. Luckily, I pleaded the blood. I said, Lord, forgive me. Help this person to forgive me. I didn't mean to do that. Sorry, Reese. (laughs) See, the blood is there when you do dumb things. The blood is there to pick you up. The blood is there to redeem you, to restore you, to help you, to strengthen you. I think we can't be afraid to mess up. We can't be afraid to fail. Why? Because God's right there to pick you right back up. God's right there to restore you, to help you, to lift you up. Amen? Are you guys ready to take communion? Do you guys know why we take communion now? Yeah, it's because of the blood. Because of the blood. And we take communion to remember what he did for us 2,000 years ago. Amen? Amen. So ushers, why don't you at this time come up and uh, receive the, um, or get the elements ready? Yeah, you can come up. Yeah, yeah, you can get the praise team. Oh, yeah, they're not used to having the praise team up there. Hey, guys, how you doing? You good? 
I know you guys were standing the whole time besides Tom over there on the drums. He lucked out and got to sit. But I plead, I plead the blood over you and your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, come on. Why don't we just get an attitude of prayer right now? Father God, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for your redeeming power of the blood. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you, thank you for the unlimited power that's in your blood. Hallelujah. We thank you for your sacrifice that you paid on Calvary. It was for us. It was to sanctify us. It was to buy us back. It was to bring us back to that place where Adam and Eve was. That place of right standing with God. That place of perfect fellowship with you. So Jesus, we honor and we thank you and we declare that you are the reason for this season and the whole reason you came down to be born in a stinky manger was to redeem us of our sin, to buy us back so that way we could be with you forever and ever and ever. Lord, you could have chosen to just wipe us out, start over, start clean again with a new creation. But instead of doing that, you decided to just recreate us into a new creation. Instead of throwing us out, you decided to restore us. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we take the bread right now and we just thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. So that way we could be healed of all disease or sickness or, or any bondage in our mind, Lord, that would try to come against us. You bore it all so that way we could live this life free, 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 free. It's because of your broken body, it enables us to live this life in perfect health. And we thank you, Lord. We grab onto that. We lay hold of it. And we declare in Jesus' name, devil, you cannot overtake us while we're on this earth. With any disease or sickness, we put our faith in the stripes of Jesus, whom we were healed. All right, let's eat. And Lord Jesus, when you took the cup on that night that you were betrayed, you said that this cup represented the new covenant, the new covenant that would fulfill the old covenant, that we would no longer have to sacrifice animals and all that to cover our sin, but that you would become the spotless, the spotless lamb, the blameless lamb. So that way our sin not only would be covered, but it would be erased. We would have no pass. We would have no red, none of it. When you see us, Father, you see us like you see Jesus because we gave him our sin and he gave us his righteousness. He gave us his holiness. And so we honor you today for that, Jesus, for what you did. And we drink this in remembrance of what you did 2,000 years ago. Let's drink, church. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Well, why don't we stand up? And why don't we just praise him? Come on, why don't we just honor him? Why don't we just lift him up this morning? Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. Oh, we thank you for your favor. Hallelujah. Oh, we honor you, Lord. There is power in the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I think we should sing the bridge again. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 